everybody, and welcome to Coach's Corner. It is a beautiful day here in Southern California, and instead of going down to my office and closing all the doors, I'm sitting upstairs and all the windows are open and the birds are chirping and my wind chimes are chiming. So if you hear them in the background, I hope you enjoy. Sometimes I wonder why we think podcasts have to be in this super duper quiet room. And today's topic is on dealing with anxiety. And one of the best ways to deal with anxiety is to be in nature, to feel the breeze, to have calming sounds around you. So I thought I'd put myself in the setting that was appropriate to today's topic. Now, this is a bit of a special episode because the questions I'm going to be answering are from my group coaching evening that was on anxiety on August 5th. We had over 150 people on that call. I didn't get to everyone, so I promised the people that typed their answers in the chat box that I would feature them on this episode and answer their questions. They don't all have to do with anxiety. That was the topic of the group coaching call. There's a variety of questions here. I think you'll get a lot of use and a lot of information from the different topics that I'm about to discuss. And make sure to join me for my next group coaching call. The URL for that is always christinehassler.com slash group. The next one will be in October since I'm taking September off for the Hawaii retreat and my wedding. A special announcement. I'm very excited to report that I'm headed to teach in London with my, who will then be husband, Stephanos. So on October 6th, we are teaching a one day live retreat called Love Amplified in London. We're really excited because we love teaching together and we love love. And the reason we're calling it Love Amplified is because we're amplifying all areas of love in your life. We're going to focus on self-love, romantic and relational love, universal divine love, love in your friendships, love in your family, and love in your connection to your purpose and higher power. So this is going to be a very full day and we're going to give you so much value. Stephanos will also be leading you through some breath work that I'll be co-facilitating. There's going to be guided meditation, hot seat coaching, exercises to increase your confidence and communication, strategies to create instant connection with others, teaching on masculine feminine dynamics, and so much more. You want to go ahead and grab your spots. We also have special room rates at the hotel it's happening. Go to christinehassler.com slash London dash 2019. Again, christinehassler.com slash London dash 2019. And if you can't remember that URL, just go to Christine Hassler, click on my events tab, and you can also find it there. All righty, everybody. So let's dive into these questions. I'm recently addressing anxiety that I've dealt with for most of my life, but just kind of ignored it or hadn't realized how it's affecting everything. Now I'm looking forward towards my next steps in making decisions, trying to restructure my life in a way that isn't so people-pleasing, achievement-driven, externally motivated, et cetera. How can I make sure my decisions as I look towards the future come from an authentic place rather than being driven by anxiety of doing what I'm supposed to do, as most of my past decisions have been made from? So- Great question. And just the fact that you're aware of it is an amazing, incredible first step. So the first thing I would tell you is slow down in your decision-making. Let yourself feel into things. So if someone asks you for something or asks you to make a choice, say, you know what? I don't know. Or can I get back to you? Really slow down the decision-making process. Also journaling. Journaling is an amazing way to cut through the conscious mind and get to the subconscious mind. If you journal for a while about how you're feeling about a decision, after about 10 minutes, you'll start hitting that more subconscious intuition 
And that's where really the answers truly lie about how you really feel. And the last thing I would say is tap into your body. Our body is our best resource when it comes to really making intuitive-based decisions. So you can really tap into your body, tap into how you're feeling. Notice what your body signals are. Is it tightness in your chest or tightness in your belly or shortness of your breath when it's like a no decision or decision that's just based on what you think you should do? And how does your body feel when you really make those intuitive decisions? And I think I said finally to the last one, but I'll add one more thing. I really want you to stop going to other people for advice on any decision you make, because that really distracts us from listening to our own intuition. If we're always running to other people looking for what to do, then it's really, really hard to listen to ourselves. Now, I know you didn't specifically ask me, how do I make intuitive-based decisions? You said, how do I make it from a more authentic place rather than driven by anxiety? But listening to your intuition is how you make those kind of decisions. When we truly are connected to our intuition, we aren't making decisions from a place of anxiety or fear. We're making them from a place of truth and love. So I want to give you and everybody a free gift. If you text to the number 444-999 and just type my name, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, then you can get my free intuitive decision-making six-step process. It's a really awesome process. It involves your physical body. So it's great for those of you who have trouble getting out of your head and into your intuition. And you also get two free eBooks from me. So again, text my name, Christine, to the number 444-999. If you are international, then you can send an email to assist at christinehasler.com. Say, I want the free intuitive gift and we will hook you up with that. But those of you who can text, please text because it makes Kim's life much easier. Kim is our lovely assistant that pretty much runs the show these days. <laughs> Her and Jill run everything. All right, let's move on to the next question. And let's take a deep breath before this one. I am a victim of sexual assault and have been dealing with all the ramifications of that. How do I move forward when my anxiety literally debilitates me at times? And this is from, I'll just give the initials NM. So first, my love, I am so sorry that that happened. It just breaks my heart every single time I hear something like that. And, and deeper, I know that every single human being has the opportunity to heal and that these kinds of situations, as horrific as they are, can be incredible life lessons and healing opportunities. So I really encourage you not to continue to see yourself as a victim, to really see yourself as a survivor, as someone who's strong, as someone who has all the inner resources she needs to not make this your story for the rest of your life. My biggest recommendation for you, because sexual assault is no joke, is to get some one-on-one -on -one help. You need a really good therapist. I would recommend a somatic therapist, someone that can help you deal with getting it out of your body, someone that specializes in PTSD. The therapy technique of EMDR, you can Google that, or EFT, which is tapping, are also really, really helpful, especially when your anxiety debilitates you. You can Google EFT or tapping for anxiety and you might get some guidance there, but please, please, please get some professional help. That doesn't mean you're weak. That doesn't mean you can't get over it on your own. Sexual assault is just a lot for the nervous system to take. And in my opinion, it's not something we can get through on our own. 
Next question. I think most of my anxiety is feeling other people's energy. I know I'm an empath. Do you suggest working with a healer to help learn how to cleanse the aura and learn to detach? And this is from initials VDR. So I always recommend healers with a caveat. We want to make sure that we're not giving away our own power. There was a phase in my life where I was running from healer to healer to healer to astrologer to psychic to who knows what to get answers to fix me. And we don't want to do that because that can disempower us, but we do want to use our intuition to find the healers that really, really align with us. And just like dating, sometimes it takes, you know, meeting with a couple people before we really find someone that resonates with us. I think healers and spiritual teachers are incredibly helpful because they can teach us techniques to clear our energy and learn to detach. I'm sure there's lots of stuff online as well. I'll probably be bringing some people on this show on Coach's Corner to help with that as well. But what I really want to emphasize here is you were intuitively nudged to ask me that question. So I would think that's a yes. I would open up to finding someone who can maybe teach you some ways to not take on other people's energy. So just a quick break to thank my sponsor for this week's episode, which is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning community for creators. With more than 25,000 classes in design, business, and more, you'll discover countless ways to fuel your curiosity, creativity, and career. I took a look at some of their classes. They have classes like social media marketing, which I can still learn from, creative writing, mobile photography, even illustration. And their classes are epic and their teachers are really, really, really good. So whether you're looking to discover a new passion, start a side hustle, or gain new professional skills or make your current ones even better, Skillshare is there to help you learn and thrive. Join the millions of students already on Skillshare with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two free months of Skillshare for free. That's right. Skillshare is offering over and on with it listeners two free months. That's a great gift of unlimited access to over 25,000 classes for free. Sign up, go to skillshare.com slash over it. That's S K-I-L-L-S-H-A-R-E dot com slash over to start your two months now. Next question. How can I create structure with daily routines as I feel almost paralyzed with anxiety? And this is from initial L. So my dear, I would take yourself off the hook for daily routines and try to get the anxiety, I don't want to say under control, but have a better relationship with it. So if you are almost paralyzed with anxiety, it is time to ask for help. You know, I talked about in the group coaching call with everyone that anxiety can come from so many things. It can come from trauma. It can come from an imbalance in the brain in terms of how we methylate and process certain vitamins. It can come from vitamin deficiency. It can come from our gut. It can come from viruses that are undetected. There's so many things that anxiety can come from. So what I would do is you know, I know you probably have a job and a life and I'm going to get to that, but I'd also carve out time in the day to get into research mode, not from a panicky place, but get into research mode to find out, all right, is this anxiety coming from trauma? Could there be latent virus in my system? I talked a lot about the medical medium, Anthony Williams, and his studies of viruses, particularly Epstein-Barr, and how that can lead to chronic illness and also create a lot of anxiety. Heavy metals in the system can also create a lot of anxiety. So we don't want to be obsessed with trying to figure out what's causing it. However, we don't want to overlook physiological or emotional things. So I would really encourage you to be a little bit more proactive. Again, not from a place of fear, not from panic, not from being obsessive, but there are people and things out there that may be able to help. 
In terms of the structure, I would structure your day so you have little anxiety breath breaks, even if it's two minutes. So you wake up in the morning, you do two minute meditation, you get ready before you get in your car. Or if you're taking public transportation, you do another two minutes of breathing. You take a break during work, you go for a walk outside. You listen to some binaural beats. You, you put in, you structure in these little breaks, breath, I like to call them breath breaks. And if you do that throughout the day, I think that you'll find it's a little easier to stick to your structure. Because the thing with daily structures for most of us is our nervous system's revved up most of the day. So if you schedule in those little breaks throughout the day, one, two minutes is fine, then I think that it'll be easier to move on with your daily routine. So next question, and we have a total of seven questions today. This is number five. My husband recently deployed to Afghanistan for nine months, and we're already experiencing some stress, anxiety in our relationship. Without needing a one-on-one coaching about our relationship, would you be able to provide any advice, suggestions for navigating a long-distance military relationship? Some background info. He deployed for nine months, five years ago, but it was just after we got married and we were in our early 20s, still figuring out individually and together in a marriage. So not a lot of thought or concern was put into the first deployment. I've gained some consciousness since then into myself and our relationship. And in just one month of him being gone, there's anxiety growing on both sides, I feel. I'd really appreciate some scripts on communication or thoughtful ideas to keep a deep connection despite the distance and minimize anxiety between us. Initials RR. So I feel you on this one. I can't imagine Stephanos being gone for nine months. He was gone for nearly a month when he was in Australia and I really missed him. And there were times I really had a hard time and it was July when my anxiety was just up even more. And so for me, some things that really, really helped were having people outside of the relationship that I could go to and talk about it. So I think that especially in a military relationship, it is so important to have your soul family. Even if those people are over the phone, it is so important that you there are people you can call when you miss him and you can't get a hold of him. And you can just say, oh, I'm, I'm having a hard time so that you don't feel alone. So that's a huge one, like having that support system outside. Also having your own life. I mean, that really helped me when Stephanos was gone. It was in those moments where, you know, I didn't have anything planned or work was a little slower that I'd feel it act up a little more. And so having healthy distractions, I think is really good for you as well. Now let's talk about the relationship. So I think that it's important when you guys are together in physical proximity, again, to come up with a plan, to come up with a communication plan, a way that you can stay connected. One thing Stephanos and I did in the beginning of our relationship, before we met in person, because we're on opposite sides of the world, we'd exchange five questions daily. I'd write the questions, he'd answer them, then I'd answer my own questions, and then we'd flip. And that was a beautiful, creative way to keep us connected. Because sometimes if it's just, hi, how you doing, whatever, the relationship can start to feel less intimate. But if you're asking these five questions a day, and I know you may not be able to contact him every day, but if you're consistently swapping three to five questions and keeping that connection alive, so you write three questions, he answers them, then you answer your own questions, then it's his turn to write the questions. I think that would be a beautiful way to communicate and to keep that connection really going. 
In terms of scripts on communication, you know, that's not something I can really give you. What I would suggest is coming up with them on your own. Maybe in a moment where you're missing him, writing it down and then reading him the letter when you're on the phone or on Skype or on FaceTime or however you're communicating. But it's really about keeping a consistent communication going, being creative with it so that the relationship can, you know, stay kindled versus just talking about your day having your own support system, having your healthy distractions. And when you feel that anxiety, feel into the love. Because even when he's not there physically, you can feel him spiritually and energetically. Something else that may be helpful is to sleep with an item of his, something that has his scent on it. I hope that's helpful to you. Next question. A year ago, I was cheated on and contracted the herpes virus. I have anxiety about sharing this with anyone. I have so much suppressed emotion and isolate myself when it comes to this. I do believe this is God's way of protecting me, but I emotionally struggle to love myself as I've already struggled with it and trying to parent myself prior to being diagnosed. Love L. Okay, L. So let's just take the shame off of this. And I'm so, 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 so glad that you voiced this question because so many people really struggle with this. So many people have herpes. I don't even know what the statistic is, but it's huge. I have the Epstein-Barr virus. I've had it for a long time. I just recently found out that I have it again. It's actually just, it's a virus just like the herpes virus is. Actually, the medication that you take for Epstein-Barr that you can take is Valtrex, which is the same thing you take for herpes. But since Epstein-Barr isn't a sexually transmitted virus, it doesn't have the shame. So the only reason herpes has shame is because it's a sexually transmitted disease and you just happen to be sexual with someone who had it or had an active case. It's no secret all of us are having sex it shouldn't be a shameful thing. So I really want to take the shame off of it. You just happen to catch a cold in a way. Like we wouldn't be ashamed if we kissed somebody and got a cold, but because there's so much shame on sexuality in our culture, we just, oh, we do what you're doing. Isolate ourselves and keep it a secret. So I just really want to empower you, tell you you're not alone, tell you I hear you. I really understand that shame. I really, really get it to the best of my ability as someone who hasn't gone through it, but I really get it. I have so many friends, so many clients who've dealt with the same thing and they have gone on to have amazing relationships, amazing lives. It is something that you can keep dormant. It's not a life sentence, but honestly, the suppressed emotions and the isolation is causing more stress and all viruses feed on stress. So you'll probably have less outbreaks and it'll be in your life less if you talk about it more with safe people, if you know that you're lovable, if you know it's not a scarlet letter, you're not tainted. It's something that's very, 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 very manageable. And I think that you'll find that the right person, whether that's a man or a woman, the right person will not care. They will not care. I promise you. So I would recommend a coach or a therapist, someone that can work with you because it seems to have a lot of shame about this. I think that this, what this really has to do with, I love that you said that it's God's way of protecting you, but protecting you from what? God doesn't want to protect us from pleasure. <laughs> Maybe protect us from people that hurt us, but God doesn't want to protect us from pleasure. We're in human bodies. Like sex is good. Pleasure is good. What I think this is more deeply linked to my love is shame around your sexuality. And sometimes 
our soul lessons we need to be taken to an extreme to finally look at what the real issue is. And from my point of view, the real issue is some shame around your sexuality. I would suggest going back to listen. I think it aired in November, my episode with Dr. Heike Joy Hudson called Pleasure on Purpose and get started on clearing some of the sexual shame. There's nothing wrong with you. You're not broken. You're not dirty. You're not tainted. All right. And moving along to our last question. Went out on a date recently with a guy in my volleyball team. He has spoken about a close girl friend, so space between girl and friend of his who lives at a state. On our first night out, which wasn't a date, she texted him close to midnight. I love you. I miss you. I wish you were here. Okay. Now this is Christine talking. I'm wondering why if he's on a date with you, he's showing you that text. Now back to her question. I thought possibly this was just friendly, but later he showed me a picture of her on his phone and saw that at least one of the pictures was just of her chest. It was clothed, but of her chest. We talked and he said they flirted for 10 years, but never kissed or made up because she's a lesbian. After that, I decided to break it off with him as I don't want to compete with flirtations, even if just a friend. Since breaking it off, I've experienced incredible anxiety that defies my logic. I hate feeling like I broke something off because of an insecurity and I'm wondering how I could have handled the situation with him differently. I feel I did something wrong because of the anxiety I've experienced since, or where is this anxiety coming from? Okay. In my opinion, breaking it off was the right thing to do. One of the things that I learned over the years, especially being single, is to pay attention to how loose a man is with his sexual energy. Yes, it's we all flirt to different degrees, but certain people are a little looser with their sexual energy than others. And that can show up as being super flirty with everyone, being extra touchy-feely, not knowing if someone is like wanting to be your friend or not. Often the super, especially for men, the super, super charismatic men often are loose with their sexual energy. It's one of the things I appreciated so much when I was first introduced to Stephanos and I saw him online and I saw how he showed up. His sexual energy felt very contained to me. He was appealing, he was attractive, he was sexy, but he wasn't leading with that energy, he wasn't throwing it around. And this guy, you know, talking about this girl, getting texts, having pictures, showing them to you. She's maybe a lesbian. Is he like, can I watch you have a threesome someday? Like it just doesn't feel like clean energy. Now, I don't want to sound like a prude. Definitely not. However, I believe that for most people, when there's not a clear container, when sexual energy is blurry, when someone isn't in really integrity, then you are going to feel anxious. So I just want to applaud you for breaking that off because from what you told me, didn't really sound like he was really mature as a man. The anxiety where it's coming from, I don't think has anything to do with him. I think the anxiety it's coming from is your own personal rejection issues and any insecurity issues you have with men. Because probably what that situation triggered is, why is he showing me her? Like, am I, am I not enough? Like, why, why is he not picking me? You know, why is this other girl in the picture? So any jealousy, any insecurity issues, those got fired up. And I have a feeling this probably happened in July. And July was a time where all kinds of stuff from our past got brought up for us to look at again. So if you aren't in personal mastery, I highly recommend my personal mastery course, christinehasser.com slash mastery, and deal with this kind of root rejection, less than feeling not enough issue 
particularly in regards to the opposite sex. There's a little heartbreak going on and that's where I feel the anxiety is coming from. So again, christinehassler.com slash mastery. All right, everybody. That is our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to check out my London workshop for anyone that's around that area. It's very rare that I'm teaching in London. So you're going to want to catch us there. ChristineHasler.com slash London-2019. Stephanos and I have you for the full day. It will be epic. Don't miss out. Bye, everybody. Bye.